Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. And we kick off the show with a topical discussion. And this week, Heather gave me a lot of reading to do. And I'm, I'm thinking up a suitable retaliation for her next week. Um, I've Well, I, I downloaded and started to read the 116-page long Taylor Review of Modern, Modern Working Practice. It was published in July 2017. It was last updated in May 2018. And uh, it was last read by me this morning. So thank you very much, Heather. My pleasure. Um, It's an independent review of modern working practices led by a gentleman called Matthew Taylor, who's the chief exec of the Royal Society of Arts. This independent review considers the implications of new forms of work on workers' rights and responsibilities, as well as on employer freedoms and obligations. And the end result is that it sets out seven principles that are designed to address the challenges facing the UK labour market. So what did you think, Heather? I've got my opinion as to what I thought of it, which I'll share in a moment. But as you suggested it... What do you think? Where did your suggestion come from and did it live up to expectations? Well, I, the reason I suggested it is because it, I'd never heard of it. And then it was something that some uh, somebody at a networking meeting mentioned, somebody who works in HR. And it it really is born, the whole idea of the, re, the review is born from the fact, that the gig economy, you know, the fact that more and more people are self-employed, portfolio career, working you know, a bit here and a bit there and a bit a bit elsewhere, as in gigs, gigging. Um and I and I thought, well, as a as a sole trader, self employed sole trader, you know, that has the potential to impact on me if I found myself with one large client or um you know, or or, or various things. So I thought it was something that it would be good for us just to flag up and wave a flag yeah. for anybody who hasn't hasn't heard because it impacts on the gig economy workers and also zero contract hours and what differences there are and what similarities there, there are. Um, Mr. Taylor covers in depth. <laughs> yeah, 116 pages. 116 Although pages. there are some nice illustrations on there, you know, some pretty pictures and some graphs. Which helps, so, yes. Yeah. And, he, and he does sort of distill it down into, sort of, as you say, seven key areas. But I think that really um, the aim, whether they deliver it or not, the aim is that there is standardisation, that everybody, is, it reduces exploitation. You know, we've had in the past... Uh, you know, people who have, never mind the zero hours contracts, but, you know, do you remember the time when holidays, you know, your holiday entitlement could include bank holidays and and could be set at 20 days? And, you know, so now you have days that are statutory and days that are additional and what's enhanced and what isn't and all of those types of things. So I think it's it's born out of trying to do the right thing. Um, it's looking at the national living wage, how much it costs to employ people, you know, what's best practice. And so I think it covers pretty much every type of worker. But they were looking at um, standardising. So you're either employed or self-employed. And the idea was that, you, you know, anything else, that, well, there wasn't anything else. You're either employed, self-employed or unemployed, obviously. Um, but he wanted to retain this worker label that you can be a worker not self-employed not employed but you might be a casual worker um and so i think it's born out of good ideas but i think it delivers on some and not on others what about you tracy what do you think 
Well, yeah, I, I agree with you there. They, they, they looked at some key areas such as wages, employment quality, education and training, working conditions, work-life balance and consultative participation and collective representation. Mm. Um, that, and they're defined as the Quinn indicators of quality work. So they, they formed a structure. And yeah, I, the approach was okay. Um, I have to say that I felt it was lacking a little bit in their recommendations at the end. But what I found really, really useful was there was a lot of information on there. So um, they start out by giving you an overview of the current labour market and, and, the, and the sources where they got that information from. So some very credible sources that could back up your own reports that you're writing or any research that you're doing yourself. That I found really useful. And the other thing I liked as well was that they invited individuals and organisations to submit written evidence in response to the review and they're all published on the website as well um there are a lot of them i i did start going through them um and you, you download the the whole chunk of them as a zip file and then then you can access all the individual ones from all the different organizations for example acas so mm. and they they put in their two pennies I think you might find, if you were going to delve through that and spend some time on it, some real nuggets, some quality information in there as well, which came out as a result of the review. So I think if you look at it as a 116-page document on its own, you might go, yeah. Hmm. I mean, for example, the self-employment suggestions, having... Um, be, being self-employed ourselves and you know knowing a lot of self-employed people, I felt that the self-employed suggestions as a result of this review we're a bit lacking that's all i can say you know right. they, they weren't horrendous but i thought yeah but there's a lot more that could really help with self-employment so i think it was a a nod in the right direction do you think this is the start this is kind although it's 116 pages this is kind of the start of a change uh or do you see this as a line you know this yeah. is the well way that, is. that's a concern isn't it if if the um if it's assumed that because we've done this review now we've ticked the box mm. that we've paid attention to this and then then it's it really is a shame mm. but if it's the start of the recognize um the, the acknowledgement that there is something that needs to be done about work and, and and the workplace and the fact that it's vastly changed from from just a generation mm. ago mm. then that would be a good thing and i i agree and i also think that the, you know there are so many other departments now you know national minimum wage um you know flexible working you know dwp all of, you know there are so many other elements aren't there so if this starts to pull that together in a way that businesses can understand and relate to i think that can only be a good thing now the section of the show where we have some uh, news and events for you and I've got three events that you might be interested in. The first is taking place up in Lim, Warrington. Um, it's organised by Colony Business Networking, If you may have come across them before, um, they're a networking group, but they're having a talk on social media. Okay, social media, yeah, right. But it's about planning and being a bit more strategic about what you're doing. It's... Um, it's on Friday the 20th of July. Uh, it runs from 9.30 to 11.30, So, but there are still spaces. I've checked. Um, it's £12.50 and uh, it's 9.30 to 11.30. So that's one to look out for. That's, that's tomorrow. But um, if you've got a few hours to spare, it looks like it will be worth just getting your head around your social media planning. 
later in the month, July the 26th, here up at Glyndor University in the Erthig Suite, um, the FSB, uh, along with the UK Government Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, BEIS. Easy for you to say. (laughs) BEIS, yeah. They're running a roundtable event where they want to engage with businesses, uh, SMEs specifically from North Wales, in order to discuss issues that matter most to them. Uh, And then they will feed that back to UK government ministers. So that's half eight till 10 o'clock next Thursday, the 26th. And 1st of August will be upon us before we know it. This is Digital Marketing for Industry, taking place at Birchwood. Uh, There are some eligibility criteria for this. It's a full day, 9.30 till 3. And this is looking at SEO. I mean, I'm a a sole trader and SEO just continues to just fry my brain. I don't know if I've, I don't know why, I just got a mental block about it. But um, this is looking at what you need to know, where to channel your budget. And I think that's really helpful information funded through the ERDF uh, eligibility criteria. So you will just need to check whether you're eligible to attend. But I will put details of all of those events on our website, which is thebusiness.community. Tracy, what have you got? Okay, so I've got uh, an event taking place at Wrexham Enterprise Hub. There are a lot of good events coming out Mm. there. So, Mm. you know, I think they're really making good use of that space. Mm. This one's called Adding Value to a Competitive Tendering Process. And it takes place next Tuesday, that's the 24th of July, between 10 and 4.30 and the workshop will support you to implement sustainability and equality and diversity best practice into your business operations and it will help you to comply with the requirements of the new Future Generations Act. I think that's a topic for us to look at in future shows. Even if you don't plan to tender, then this workshop will help you to look at how responsible business practice can support your marketing proposition. And they will explore how a commitment to corporate social responsibility, a topic that we've discussed Mm, many mm. times on the show, and sustainability can help you to build trust with your customers, suppliers and staff. The course is free and the booking is through businesseventsorguk but Heather will put the details on the blog for you and finally in this section looking to the HM Revenue and Customs website one of their press releases is talking about the tax credit so the tax credit deadline for renewal is the 31st of July and they've got an initiative to help you to renew your tax credits by using Alexa if really? you've got Amazon Alexa, you and you need help with your tax credit renewals. You can apparently ask Alexa. Wow. You can ask Alexa so many things. I struggle to get her to play the music I wanted to play. Yeah, or put the lights on, yeah. put the lights off. Oh, gosh, I'm not that advanced. Oh. No, I, I have a finger for that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But anyway, you can ask Alexa to open HMRC and... You can ask for help and information about a change of circumstances, payment information or a renewal. Um, HM Revenue and Customs are keen to say that no personal information is stored on Alexa and customers cannot renew their tax credits using Alexa. So it's just a help service. You can also use the HMRC app on your smartphone. 
and using the app, you can renew your tax credits. You can check your tax credit payment schedule and you can find out how much you've earned for the year. So technology Ooh, they're all over this innovation technology. hr yes. revenue and customs yeah. all over it aren't they yeah. online help and information on renewing tax credits is available at gov.uk and via hm revenue and customs customer service and their twitter feed as well so got no excuse <laughs> <laughs> the deadline is the 31st of july if you do need to renew your tax credits this week we had a rapid change of plan so we were going to look at a magazine i won't name it no. for fear that we insult somebody but I, I got a message from heather um a couple of days ago to say let's change the plan because that magazine's a bit too niche. very very niche Yes. Yeah, fascinating, but very niche. Yeah, so um, we, we've gone for something that's quite wide-ranging. And I was I was really, really pleased to be pointed out, uh, to have this one pointed out to me, because I've never seen it before. And it's called Elite Magazine. The website is elitemagazine.co.uk. And it is, as far as I can tell, it's only an online magazine. I don't believe that they do a print version, which is a shame, because I'd actually, I would... Okay, I'd pay good money for this every month maybe it'd be a good one to flick through because there's a lot of stuff in there so as well as having the online magazine there are also blog posts um, on the website in lots of different categories and it appears that they have events as well we might we've just missed this year's and the next one is 2020 so um, we, we can remember that a little bit later um, but so far what I've seen is um, an online magazine that looks great. I'm not very good with online magazines because I never quite get the format mm. that works for the phone or the laptop that I'm using. I don't use an iPad. and I think they, most of them work really good with a, yes, a good size do, yeah. iPad, don't yeah. they? But they're, they're up to issue 47 with the online magazine. It's really well presented, um, like a like a an actual proper magazine it's been well put together there's a real good mixture of articles in there even the adverts are pretty interesting because a lot of them are are paid for um to articles mm, mm. um so so there's some value to be had with those uh, they've they've got interview with a business leader in fact it's pretty much like a print version of our show i'd like to say yes yes it is <laughs> it is it is it is exactly that and what i think is great is that there's the current edition of the magazine so yes you can you can read the magazine online you know in that flip page format but also the articles are all there um, so you can search through the different articles and what I particularly liked um, so they've got a section interviews so they've got big big business interviews scaling up interviews fresh faces interviews and snapshots so you know depending on what you're interested in there's something there for everybody and then they go through you know analysis what's happening in the business world finance each of the sections have got at least four subsections yeah, so, yeah, so even yeah. with the finance section you might not be interested in everything to do with finance are you interested in cash flow or crowdfunding mm. or financial management funding growth investment mm. it's, it's really well uh, broken down yeah I, yeah i think they cover and then they've got a tech section where they're looking at apps and innovation and 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 goodness knows what. But just to give you an example of some of the things that are being covered in the latest edition. And I think, is it bi-monthly? I don't think it's monthly. Is it bi-monthly when it's every other month? Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, so so the, some of the articles are learning to love digital transformation. Um, so, you know, looking at 
you know, the inevitability, how transformed you are. Um, breaking the VC cycle, the venture capitalist cycle, you know, if you're a, if you're a business and you've been involved with, with VCs, you know, what do you do about that? How do you move on? Um, and then there's a section called follow the leaders. So looking at how to grow a company and how to, how to lead a company. So I think there's something for every size of organization, but plenty for SMEs or businesses that are um, raising, you know, accelerating or, or, or growing. Yeah, there, the there is a section with um, book reviews. I was a little disappointed because that's it, it's not very well, um, well populated. The last entry was in April and the one before that was the beginning of February. That said, there's a ton of books in there that I've not read. Okay. So it's it's worth um, looking through those. Um, for example, the, the latest um, review is Brotopia, Breaking Up the Boys Club of Silicon Valley. Um, Shortcut Your Startup, 10 Ways to Speed Up Entrepreneurial Success. Option B, Facing Adversity, Building Resilience and Finding Joy. Oh, and we've talked about this before, the fourth industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think there's an, a number of areas there. Like I say, something for everybody. There's even a tab um, which takes you on to global business news. So if you if you're looking beyond, but sometimes there's some, uh, and I use them quite a lot. Um, some of the online magazines and and the news um, sites for business, but they're they're global or quite American based, and this one seems to be quite specifically yes. um, UK oriented, uh, but with this um, link to to global news as well. And it's free. It's yeah. not a subscription. So uh, obviously then I'm a bit dubious. I'm digging around the website. Where, who, what, how, why? But it appears to be that it's funded through um, advertising. It's quite clear that the online magazine has got quite a lot of advertising, but it's all very relevant. I didn't feel it was, um, and it wasn't getting in the way of the reading. You know, there were well-placed adverts and, mm. you know, sometimes it, a good selection of adverts can be just as interesting as, as the articles themselves. So the company behind the elite business magazine is channel edge media and they talk about their partners and presumably they're the people that are funding the events and the um the website and um and the content in there so um it, it does appear to to be kosher you know the, i was waiting for them to send me the bill for a hundred quid or something for signing up but so you, you just subscribe to the magazine and subscribe to the emails and have a look but i think i'll certainly be looking there again for my business news and I, i'll have a little browse through the uh, review section as well for some ideas of books to spend my money on yeah that's the trouble <laughs> well, summer it? breaks are coming up i do like to have a new book to well, read there's a, there's a huge library and one thing that apart from the website is very easy to navigate but also it's really well optimized for um, smartphone. So, you know, sometimes you look at a site and you think, oh, that's great. But you could actually legitimately, if you're waiting for a bus or waiting to go into a meeting or whatever, you could actually read it on your iPhone fairly easily, some of the articles. So, um, yeah, a good one. Good one. Thank you, Heather. His CV reads... Pedigree Pet Foods, Daily Telegraph, Saatchi and Saatchi, The Football Association, Royal Mail, ITV, Whitbread, Camelot Group, Debenhams. And from December this year, he takes over as chair of the ASOS Group, the online clothing retailer. We are talking about 54-year-old Adam Crozier, Scottish businesswoman. Woman? uh, a businesswoman, a Scottish businessman. Yeah, that, yeah, businessman. That was a beautiful build-up. Yeah, and then it all went horribly wrong. Um, 
but his career really took off when he when he came to the FA in 2000. He was just 35 years of age. Uh, as I say, he has turned around some businesses. I, I don't quite know how he's done it, but um, the Royal Mail was his, his biggest success, I would say. Uh, and he's he certainly moved on from that to s- some good and great organisations. But he is really difficult to see speaking, to get comments on. There's no com- no videos online that very I could see, really. No, you found one, but yeah, no, all just... my usual places, nothing. No, he hasn't even got a LinkedIn profile. No. There are lots of people called Adam Crozier, but... Yeah. Um, no, not him. No. Not him. So, um, so a few a few Adam Croziers around the world will be wondering why, why we've been Jones stalking them. Heather Noble have been looking at their profiles. Yes, hello. <laughs> what? So, what? What did you find on him? Yeah, um, I, I got the impression that he's a very private man, mm. and and he's he's not that bothered about being known widely. For, you know, he's not a personality as such. No. But what uh, what I can see, he's got a real track record in transformational change. Clearly, the companies that have taken him on want him for that element of whatever it is that he brings to an organisation that he can bring about this change. And and in in the um, reading that I did, the, the the stuff that he did with the football association really made me smile. He 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 was a surprise choice. He had two and a half years in the job. And I, I remember this. It was in uh, 2000 when he became um, the head of the, the FA. And it was a controversial appointment. And he ran it like it had never been run before. He started to run the FA like a commercial operation. And he made it work. It, it made it um, richer than ever before. But it was radical. And he stepped on some toes. And I think that's what hit the the press at the time was was the fact that people were pushing again. Well, people, these men who'd been ruling from um, their their offices, uh, for example, the um, the chairman of uh, Chelsea, Ken Bates, um, they were all ganging up and vehemently opposing every idea that he had. Partly because he scrapped the uh, the ninety one strong board ninety one that's board a hell of members a board, isn't it of the FA yeah that's just ridiculous that's not jobs for the boys at all is it <laughs> and all ninety one of them had to be involved in making the decisions I mean that's just absolutely ridiculous mm. and he replaced it with a twelve member committee I mean even getting something through a twelve member committee I'd imagine is pretty tough yeah. um, but. The article that I read in uh, on the BBC website says that he transformed the FA's previously impenetrable inner sanctum and moved the whole operation, he even moved the offices. Um, and he, he saw the, the staff reduce and he actually went above and beyond. He, he actually was the first um, one. He championed having a non-English-born manager um, because the... Previously, before Sven Joran Eriksson, they they had to choose a, a an English born manager for the England manager's job. Oh, so um, he it overcame quite a lot of resistance to that one, and initially that worked quite well. Um, but he left in October, citing a difference of opinion over how the game should be run and regulated which I'm sure is that uh, there was quite a lot behind that difference yes, of opinion. Yes. But yeah, from there he went, you know, these surprising leaps then to the Royal Mail. And it, he, it, that's described as one of the biggest corporate turnaround programmes in the UK. 
and whatever your opinion on it, you know, the good and the bad, and, you know, I've read some articles and some excerpts of books, you know, where they talk about this transformation, it was a big change. And quite clearly then ITV were after a bit of the same medicine and uh, they recruited him in 2010 and he stayed with ITV for 10 years. So it, it was only... Um, the, the end of 2017 that he's, he then started to remodel his career so i read somewhere that he was looking to um to build a portfolio um career of of board memberships in, in different private companies and that appears to be what he's doing now certainly i mean he the, the, the royal mail thing so he went from when he when he took over they were losing one and a half million pounds a day and within three years they were making two million pounds a day now you you can't make changes like you can't make an omelette omelet without breaking eggs so of course there will be people there will be people who lost their jobs you know there will be massive fallout from all of that but that organization still exists and okay it might have had to have been propped up in some way as we often see with 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 businesses now uh, by the government but it it exists it has survived and you know arguably does everybody lose their job or do some people lose their job and and you know and it's survival and i think that the fact that it's really difficult to find any dirt on this guy <laughs> suggests that he takes people with him um that he is he seems okay yeah he's making a good a good living let's not get away from that but he seems to be very interested in the people within an organisation and sees them as the way to save it, to turn it around. One thing that I, I did find about him is that he's part of a mentoring um, organisation called J&A Mentoring. And he sits with another dozen or so um, leading, uh, very successful business um, directors. Uh, and he offers his time now of course there's a there will be you know some recompense in there somewhere along the line but they generally um offer support perhaps for the first hundred days as somebody takes over a business uh and it it just seems that okay he's made his money but he is trying in in his own way to put something back and i just thought that was um that was refreshing to see because very often you only hear you, you Google somebody and all you can find is um, speculative dirt and how much money they've got and what they're doing for themselves. Or I don't get that sense about this guy. Yeah. Um, like you say, um, difficult to find anything that's um, really negative, maybe negative about some of the changes that happened in the organisations that yeah. he was at the head of, yeah. but nothing about the man personally. I did look at Company's House. Uh, there were 22 appointments against his name, Adam Alexander Crozier, and then two from the 90s with just Adam Crozier, which was him, same person, yeah. but without his middle name. In. But only one of those is currently active, and that is a, a director of Whitbread PLC. Um, they, uh, he became director in April 2017. So all of the others are still a, a work in progress yeah. or is on supervisory boards, etc. Uh, but Whitbread PLC, if you don't know, they're um, the UK's largest hotel, restaurant and coffee shop operators. And they're the um, the company behind Premier Inn and Costa. So um, he is also, you mentioned um, View International, did you? Yes, he's, he's oh, I didn't mention. Yeah. No, I didn't mention it on air actually. No. And and also stage entertainment, 
And uh, yes, you did mention ASOS, didn't you? Mm. So he's joining mm. them in November. So yeah, I think his aim of building a portfolio of roles across the PLC and private sectors seems to be on track. Mm. And I'm intrigued. I'd, I'd like to hear the guy speak if he's if anybody's listening and they know that he's doing any public speaking engagements. Rather unusually for the people we look at, there's no personal no. website, no. and there's, there's doesn't appear on any of the main speakers' mm. uh, websites or listings for after dinner speeches. So. Not yet. Quite, quite I'm sure different. that will happen at some point. Yeah, maybe in another seven years, his uh, aim will be to build a, um, a, a portfolio career of speaking engagements. Mm. I don't mm. know. Mm. But yeah, so that's Adam Alexander Crozier. And uh, unfortunately... I don't have a quote from him. We can't finish yeah. the show on a quote. Did you find Well, one? I have got a quote, but it's well not from him. I mean, he he does say that he is a control freak. He admits that. I found an interview where he did admit that he's a control freak. So I thought I'd choose a quote that he might use. Um, and this is a Steve Jobs quote. Uh, Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. And that certainly seems to be the sentiment that I get from what I read about him Uh on the interweb of things thank you very much well that's all we've got time for today we'll be back next week live we've got a run of live shows now so we're looking forward to this summer period and um, in the meantime if you want to go and listen to this show as a podcast format or any of the previous shows then go to our website which is thebusiness.community You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.